I'm seeing a lot of artists talk about them being taken advantage of here in Nashville and around the country. We're going to talk about why exactly that is in today's episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast, the real raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Steve Freeman Podcast. It is so good to have you here. While you're here, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It is so important if you are listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes that you keep us in Apple's top 200. And all you have to do to do that is continue to listen, of course. But even more importantly than that, more important than listening is when you do listen, give us a five-star rating and leave a written review, just like Rhea Music on Apple Podcast left this review. Five stars. I'm learning so much. I've learned so much from listening to your podcast that I've had to get a notebook. You're awesome. Thanks, Rhea. No, Rhea, thank you for taking the time to rate us five stars and leave that written review. If you would like to leave a review and have it featured here on the show, it's real simple. All you got to do is leave one. Guys, if you're not following me on social media, I'd love to have you, especially on Instagram, at the Steve Freeman. And always a reminder, on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Steve Freeman, you can find the video versions of the podcast. So if you're a voyeur and you're into that kind of thing, you're into watching then you might want to check out the Facebook page because I love all of you guys downloading and and subscribing to the podcast everywhere you get your podcast. But some people like the video versions. So if you like the video versions, they no longer live on YouTube. They live on my Facebook page. And so you can check that out as well. All the links that you need are, of course, in the show notes of the episode will take you right over there. I would also have to, uh, I would love to have you as a member of my inner circle, occasionally get tips, tricks, and advice delivered straight to your email inbox. You can do that and plus find links to social media, everything else at thestevefreeman.com or thestevefreemanpodcast.com. As always, the podcast brought to you by artistdevelopmentacademy.com. If you want to grow your music career the right way, the grassroots way, build an engaged fan base, make money with your music, then there's no better way to do it than with monthly online courses instructed and taught by the movers and shakers in the industry. Hit songwriters, uh, platinum selling producers, uh, industry professionals, publishing company people, record label people, booking agents, everything that you need to know to grow your career in a real fruitful way you can find at artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Head over there. Uh, Not right now. I mean, I want you to finish listening to the episode, but uh, head over there at some point and check it out. And you can even take the free artist development masterclass over there. So go check it out. Artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Here we are at the start of a brand new week. And uh, I wanted to, I ran across some stats the other day. Um, over the weekend, man, what, what it was a huge weekend for for TV and everything else. We had the NFL draft, uh, which was different. It was weird. Uh, they actually uh, ratings wise was was an all time high for the NFL draft uh, doing it virtually with with. Did everybody that watched the draft notice that Apple had sent iPhones to all of the different draft prospects? I thought that was a, a nice little 
uh, a placement. Uh, b- but because they also wrapped a charity around this thing, because of the social distancing, they raised over $100 million uh, for charity, which I think is, is really awesome. Uh, but the NFL draft, uh, it went out, went off without a hitch. There were some very entertaining moments, especially here with uh, the Tennessee Titans and some things that was going on in the background of the different general managers and coaches uh, homes where they had their little draft center set up. Uh, it was interesting. It was different. Um, I, I love football. I live for football. Um, so I'm hoping that everything that's going on with the uh, with the virus is not going to put off uh, football season, not just for football. I mean, I'm going to get catch shit over that, but not not just for that. But I, I hope I want this whole thing to go away as soon as humanly possible. Uh, but I would be lying if I didn't say that one of those reasons is because I, I, I'm ready for football season. I don't know what to do with Sunday uh, since I don't go to church. Um, it's like, what, what do I do on Sunday now when there's no football? So I'm ready for football to come back. So I was glad to see the draft, glad to see they raised all that money for, uh, for charity, uh, which is always a good thing, but it was interesting. Um, then we had the, the new show on Netflix. What was it called? Extraction or something. I checked out the other night with Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, that was decently done. Um, and then of course I was very sad. Uh, because last night or Sunday night, I guess you guys are hearing this on Tuesday on, on Sunday night was the series finale of Homeland. And I have watched that show from day one. Um, you hear a lot of times people, you know, when friends ended or will and grace or, you know, any of these shows that people watch for years and years and they end, you know, people kind of, they talk about how they get a little bit depressed. And I have to say, that as the show ended, I, I, I was feeling a little bit of that depression because I've been such a huge fan of the show for so long. Uh, great show. It was great from episode one. Now, I will say somewhere around season four or five, it's, it's lagged a little bit, but I stuck with it and I stuck through it. And uh, so it was kind of sad, uh, sad to see that go. One of the things I've been seeing all over social media, all over the news is, is Kim Jong-un dead or not? At this point, I don't think anybody knows the way North Korea is so secretive. I mean, nobody would really know. But supposedly, supposedly, there was a a botched heart surgery and supposedly he's dead. He's either in a vegetative state or he's dead. So there's that. Uh, This is has this not just been such an interesting first quarter of the year? I mean, it's been it's been interesting. And then, of course, we've sold our house and we're in the process of moving. And there's. My wife and I built a house together once, and that was, I thought, I thought we were going to get divorced over that uh, because that is a very stressful thing. We've actually done it a couple of times. We chose to go back and do it again, which we never should have done. Um, but moving is very stressful. We've had some things that have come and gone that have just, it's just been a stressful process. Uh, but luckily that's done. We move uh, a week from today, actually, uh, into our new place, ready to, to get that going. But I said all that because I want to go back and talk about I ran across some figures um, looking at social media, reading some news, and there were three point five billion billion with a B, three point five billion dollars in concert ticket sales for this upcoming season, this upcoming summer touring season. And there are a lot of people that are upset because some acts are choosing to cancel their 2020 dates, and then some are choosing, even including festivals, are choosing to uh, postpone or reschedule. Now, here's the difference. If the act cancels the show, then you are owed and you get a full refund for the ticket price. 
the acts that choose to to postpone and reschedule, then you don't get that money back. And and at this point where we stand right now, I mean, look, we can speculate, we can hope, we can do all those things all day long, but we have absolutely no idea, no clue when when this is going to crank back up. When when I know we're talking about you know the the, the political angles back and forth of reopening the company uh, country to get the the economy stimulated again and get it going again. I understand the importance of that. I'm all for it, but I also don't think that we're at the point quite yet where we should be opening up stadiums to, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people at one time just yet. So there are a lot of people that are frustrated and upset because they've bought tickets to these festivals and or concerts and they've they've rescheduled them or postponed them indefinitely meaning that they're tying up all these people's money. Now, one of the things that I ran across that, I mean, it's just, you know, I've loved Bon Jovi for years. I've I've worked with Billy Falcon on several different projects. And I I just, I love Bon Jovi. What he decided to do was cancel his 2020 tour. And by doing so, everybody that had bought tickets for this tour got their money back. I think that is the right way to go about things. With, With everything being the way they are and people being a little financially strapped, uh, with with the virus and not being a lot of people being out of work, a lot of people losing their jobs, the stimulus thing not working out exactly how everybody thought, businesses not being able to get the paycheck protection program money, it going to wrong people, all of that stuff. We've talked about that. I, I think that the move here that Bon Jovi has done to cancel the tour so that the fans can get their money back, I think that is the right way to go. Now, I found a list in case you want, some of you may not even give a damn about any of this, but I thought it was interesting. I found a list. I wanted to give you a list of the uh, festivals that have not canceled, meaning they are holding on to patrons money for whenever it might be rescheduled. And then I want to give you a list of, of festivals that have canceled uh, and giving full refunds. Um, here are some of the events that are not offering refunds. You've got the 2020 Summerfest. It has been rescheduled for July 2021. Uh, tickets will be honored for next year's date. Uh, and if you've bought tickets for that, be watching your email. They're going to give you email updates. The Austin Food and Wine uh, Festival has been rescheduled for November 13th through the 15th. Uh, Beach Life has been rescheduled but there's been no dates determined yet. So they're just holding on to your money. Bonnaroo, of course, everybody I'm sure has heard about this, has been rescheduled for September 24th through the 27th. Refunds are currently not available for the event. You can go to bonnaroo.com forward slash news for information about reselling tickets on a system called Light. Uh, the Jim Blaya uh, Festival has rescheduled to the fall, but no dates. Do you see what I'm saying? They've cho- they, they don't want to give people their money back. But they've also not, they're saying it's rescheduled, but they have no dates. The National Cannabis Festival, oh man, how many of you guys are looking forward to that one? Well, it's been rescheduled to September 19th, uh, 2020. Uh, Rolling Loud in Miami has been rescheduled for February 12th through the 14th of 2021. Uh, The Shaky Knees Festival rescheduled for October 16th through the 18th. You've got the uh, Battle Rock Napa Valley has been rescheduled for October. Broccoli City has been rescheduled Uh, to October and EDC Las Vegas has been rescheduled to October as well. Um, Coachella has been moved to October as well, the 9th through the 11th and the 16th through the 18th. Uh, There is a form 
that fans can fill out if you don't want to wait or that's not a good weekend for you, not a good week for you. Um, however, the refunds will take up to 30 days to process. Uh, when people get your money, they just, they want to hold on to your money. They don't want to give your money back. Um, so I would highly, if you've bought tickets to any of these events, I think that it is, it would behoove you to go to their websites and see if there's a possible way for you to apply to get your money back because who knows really what's going to happen, right? We have no idea if if any of these events are even going to be able to take place in September or October, and it could throw it into next year. So anyway, there's a quick rundown. Um, you know, uh, the Electric Forest, uh, something in the water, uh, the Excision Presents Rumble, uh, Dreamville 2020, all these have been rescheduled. Um, so you can, you can get refunds from those. So if you've bought tickets to any of that stuff, I, I look into it and see if there's a way that you can, that you can get your money back. One other thing that I ran into this weekend, uh, is I, I wondered about this, about since the virus and everybody at home, um, what is Netflix doing? And I found a report that is pretty interesting. The headline on this read, Netflix added over 5 million paying customers per month in Q1 2020. 5 million. That's a lot of people. Um, Spotify numbers come out here in a couple of days on the 29th. And I'm interested to see if, what are people doing? Are people listening to more music? Are they watching more TV? I think people are watching more TV. I I think they're using you know, your Amazons, Hulus, Netflixes, and uh, things like that. It just, see, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't really use those services. I'm not really an Apple Music or Spotify uh, subscriber. So I, it's, it's not, but I know my daughter, my daughter lives and breathes Spotify. So, you know, how this is affecting a majority of people, I don't know. But 5 million people that didn't pay for Netflix started paying for Netflix in Q1 of this year. I think that's, I think that's pretty substantial. Um, the They've got 182 million people uh, that subscribe so far. And if you're a person like me, it's like, man, do the math on that one. What is Netflix now? Is it $14 a month, $15, $20 a month? Multiply that times 182 million. <laughs> yeah, that's how they're able to do all of these awesome shows and movies and everything that they do. And they still make lots of money. Uh, but but it, that's kind of interesting to me. I was wondering what was going to happen. You know, you know, every, everybody has Netflix, you thought, and then you see 5 million people that didn't have it have signed up for it. So I think that's kind of interesting. And and what they were comparing this to is Spotify. Spotify had 124 million subscribers at the end of uh, 2019. Their numbers come out on the 29th for their first quarter numbers. And I'm anxious to see if more people have subscribed to a streaming service like Spotify uh, during all of this. Anyway, food for thought. I don't know. I just ran across some of that stuff and I thought, wow, that was interesting. So I wanted to uh, pass it along to you guys. Not at all what I wanted to talk about today, but we'll get into that now. Um, I've been keeping a, a pretty close watch on what's going on with a lot of the businesses around Nashville. Um, and I certainly care about, you know, businesses all over the country that are that are being affected by this. But we're in the music business. We're here in Nashville. 
So I, I've been keeping a little bit closer watch on what's going on with that business and how a lot of these businesses are applying for the different grants and the Paycheck Protection Program and the disaster relief loans uh, that the government's getting out. There's been a lot of stories of, um, I know some friends of ours own a, a large restaurant chain here in Nashville, a very popular Nashville chain. Um, and they were able to secure funding for some of their locations, but not for others. And there was an article in the Tennessean about how odd it is in the rules and the restrictions of how they were able to use that money that they would get for one location, but they were not able to use the money that they got from that location to benefit maybe another location that they, it's a bunch of weird stuff. But a part of all this is how a lot of the local bars and venues are using this money to pay bartenders, wait staff, kitchen staff, and things like that, but not helping pay the performers that routinely perform down on Lower Broadway or anywhere in the visitor, what I call the visitor section of Nashville. So what we're finding is is a lot of a, a lot of guys and girls and bands and artists that would, you know, th- this is how they make their living, barely anything as it is anyway. How these venues are taking care of their wait staff and bartenders, but are doing nothing for the people that get up on the stages that they have in every single one of these bars and performing for their listeners and their, their, their patrons, people that come in and eat and drink. And I saw an argument on Facebook over the weekend that I thought was interesting. And somebody brought up the fact that, you know, if there were no music in these bars, there wouldn't be anybody in those bars. I mean, if you take music out of Music City, there's not a real reason for people to come here. And I think a lot of times that, that even before this, this COVID-19 and the coronavirus was happening, I, I hear a lot of artists complain about what they get paid to play these bars downtown Lower Broadway because they don't make hardly anything. You've got these bars that are raking in thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars a day because they're open all the damn time. And they've got somebody in shifts up on the stage in their bar, or their restaurant, performing for people that are coming in and drinking and eating. But they're not paying those people hardly anything. Meanwhile, bartenders are walking out sometimes $500 a night, $1,000 a night in tips. I have a little bit different take on this. I understand that, that artists that are true artists at heart and you're trying to do something with your career that you want to be outperforming and you want to be outplaying. And I get that. Are these venues taking advantage of these artists? They absolutely are. Because without the artists being on stage playing, nobody's going to come into your bar. They're just not. Sure, some might if you've got a DJ and you're playing music or something. But look, Nashville is a live music town. It is built that way through the tourism board, everybody knows it. People come here to see live music. So yes, these artists are being taken advantage of. But what I want to say here is that it is one thing for you as an artist that plays these bars on Lower Broadway to complain about what you're being paid, but then continue to show up. I think now with what we've seen with how a lot of these venues 
are choosing to use the money that they are getting from the government. And I'm not saying that all of them, but I, I because I can't because I don't know. But I would venture to guess that a vast, large majority of the money they're getting, nobody has reached out to the acoustic duo or the the one artist or the band that plays and goes, hey, can we slide you some money? And if I'm wrong, please let me know. I'd love to hear it. If any of the artists that play down lower Broadway are listening and you've had one of the venues or a couple of the venues that you normally play for little to no money every night, if they've reached out to you and offered to help you financially, please let me know because I would love to highlight them here on the podcast. They deserve it. But I doubt that's going to happen because I don't think it's happened at all. But here's my take on this, and I, and I want you to pay attention. This is your fault. Now, this is an unpopular thing to say. But listen to me, artists, songwriters, all of you people doing free songwriter rounds and you artists down there playing for $50, $40, $100 a night. You are being taken advantage of. You know that you're being taken advantage of, but you are enabling the bars and the venues on Lower Broadway and in greater downtown Nashville. If you don't stand up and say, we're not doing this, almost collectively, it almost sounds like a union kind of deal, which maybe they ought to be able to unionize because you are enabling them to allow them to take advantage of you. Stop playing for nothing. Stop playing for free. Stop providing the entertainment that causes people to walk into those bars and sit down and have a $250, $300 bar tab and they tip their bartender or their waitress $75, $85, $100, $125. Meanwhile, you've set up there and you've played all night long and you walk out of there with $150. I, I don't know why you think that's valuable. I don't know why you think that's worth it. You should value your art and what you do way more than that. You can go get a regular job. And I know those are the two most hated words to any creative ever spoken, right? Real job. You can go get a job doing something else that will pay you more money that will then give you the money that you need to do the things that you really should be doing to help your career. None of you guys playing down on lower Broadway, it's not helping you in your music career. The people that matter, you know, there was this whole thing in Nashville for years about getting discovered. Nobody's getting discovered on lower Broadway. If they are, it's 0.0000001% or 1 in 5 million, 10 million. It's not happening. So I understand that you want to be up on a stage. You need that fed in you. You need that ego fed. And that's the reason that you do it. That's the only reason that you would do it and get paid dog shit. So there's got to be some other exchange of value that you think it's worth it to go do that. And it's worth it for you to be taken advantage of and allow yourself to be taken advantage of. And I think we're seeing the true colors of a lot of these bars and a lot of these venues. Look, I talk about it every year during CRS, during this country radio seminar. For those of you that don't know, the, the country radio seminar is where, where it, well, it used to be great. It used to be where program directors at radio stations that really mattered came. That's not so much the case anymore. Really what it is is a circle jerk. 
and a bunch of independent artists get together and they come down to the convention center and these program directors from small and medium markets come to town and they get the little liners where it's, hey, this is Brad Paisley and you're listening to blah, 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 blah. That's, you know, that's where they get all that stuff. It's where the major labels schmooze the program directors to get, it's payola, to get them to play their music. And there's concerts all over in every bar and venue downtown Nashville. How many of you knew that if you're an artist that wants to play at a venue during CRS, you have to pay the bar for the privilege? Now, this is common knowledge and it's commonplace here in Nashville. Why it is allowed to continue, there's only one reason. And that is because you motherfuckers keep paying the bars. If everybody would just walk away, if everybody got together and said, you know what, we are not going to come down there for dog shit pay and play in front of your customers and and, and create the experience for them that makes them get on social media and tweet about how awesome this bar is and how great of a time we had here that causes other people to see it and want to experience the same thing and come to those bars. You are 70% of the reason that they do that. Why? Because they can get that experience and that alcohol, those chicken fucking fingers, they can get that at any bar anywhere in the world. Why do they come to Nashville? Because they come, they have that experience, and they see some great live music. Meanwhile, you guys are providing all of that for free, basically for free. So I'm getting tired of seeing people complain, artists complain on social media about not getting paid anything. That is your fucking fault. You know what? They value you as much as you value yourself. How many times have I said there is so much power in no? It's the one word everybody is scared to death to say because you have somehow convinced yourself that you have to take every opportunity that that comes your way. You're afraid to say no. There is power in saying no. In my own career, I was making a certain amount of money per record producing records. You want to know when that went from that level to the next level? When I started telling people no. Hey, Steve, we want you to produce. No, I'm too busy. Can't do it. Well, we'll pay you more. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too busy. Okay, well, I mean, what's it going to take? And then I will tell you what it takes. You guys have got to start doing the same thing because you can't do both. You can't continually pack your guitar up in uh, in your car, your van, your your bicycle, however the hell it is that you're getting. You cannot do that every night and then complain about how much you're getting paid to do it. Stop doing it. Stop being taken advantage of. It's like I said, the only reason those places exist is because you're there. I'd say 70 to 75% anyway. But if there weren't live musicians, if there weren't artists playing in all of these different venues, if it just stopped, I don't think that the bars on Lower Broadway would look much different then than they do today, which is empty. If Nashville is a live music town, then you need to know, if you don't already, you need to learn your value. Stop being taken advantage of. This rests securely on your shoulders. You are being underpaid because you're allowing it to happen. You're being taken advantage of because you are letting it happen. 
You are enabling these bars and these venues to treat you the way that they treat you, to pay you hardly anything. I mean, this is a capitalistic society. On one hand, you can't hardly blame the, the bar owners. The bar owners sit there going, oh, this is great. I mean, we barely have to pay, any, pay anything for the main thing that brings people into our establishment. Meanwhile, the bartenders, they're making money. The waitresses and waiters, they're making money. They're making tips. But you guys are walking out of there often with less than minimum wage for sitting up on a stage and putting your all into it for four or five, six hours a night. Is it wrong? It is 110% wrong. But you're allowing it to happen. Every time you load your instruments into your car and you drive down to one of these venues on Lower Broadway and you get out and you set up, you're enabling that bar, that venue to take advantage of you. Until you realize your worth, it's not going to change. I would love nothing more than to see you guys get together and go, you know what? Unless we start putting in, you're going to pay us X amount of dollars or we're not showing up. That's one of the reasons I tell you cannot build a career from Nashville. You, you know, there, there are people all over the country. Oh, we, you know, we'll move to Nashville and play. You know, we'll, we'll play on lower Broadway. We'll make money while we're building our career. You're not going to make money. I texted somebody over the weekend. Nashville is the place musicians and artists come to go broke. Okay, they don't have to pay you. Because even if you stand up and you say, I'm not going to be taken advantage of, there are 300 people on a list that are willing to come down there and play for free. Because it feeds their ego. There's some other value exchange that they get. They get to take that selfie up on stage, you know, playing at Jason Aldean's tonight. Like that means a fucking thing. Nobody cares. I understand that you want to be relevant in the business. Playing down on lower Broadway for no money is not relevant. All it is, is allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. And if you step outside the music business purview of this, how many of you in other businesses are allowing yourself to be taken advantage of? I know I've done it over the years. I'm not saying that I'm not just as guilty as anybody else. I've done it, but I stopped. I would rather do something I would rather do nothing than do anything to where I don't feel like my gifts, my talent is being appreciated and valued properly. But the only person that can make that decision is me. I can't, I can't also expect that other people change. A lot of you guys think, you know, things are going to be different. You know, it's not. These venues are not going to make less money so that you can make more money. Not at least until they realize just how valuable of a presence that you have just by being on that stage. People are walking up and down lower Broadway. They hear a song they like. They might duck into that bar and they spend $15, $20 and then it's on to the next one. You guys play such an integral role, an important part of what Nashville is all about. And you're doing it for free. I just, I encourage you when things do start to crank back up 
and business gets back to as usual as business will be after this thing is over. Think about that. You have a perfect opportunity right now to maybe shift gears, do something differently. Don't willingly go back when this is over and become a a slave to the same master you've been a slave to for the last three years, four years, five years. If they haven't tried to financially help you during this period, then don't go back and play for that bar or that venue ever again. Think more of yourself, think more of your talent, and value your time more than that. Stop allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. And if you do, don't bitch about it on Facebook. That's all I'm going to say. Guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on social media at the Steve Freeman and head over and visit artistdevelopmentacademy.com. You can sign up, join, become a member, get access to monthly brand new online courses, uh, the members only forum, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Help your career grow it step by step the right way at artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Guys, until the next episode, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next one. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman.